This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Thanks very much for joining us on our latest podcast. We certainly hope that things continue to transition toward 2020 spring training resuming. In the meantime, we do have a full lineup today. Coming up, outfielder Hunter Renfro. He has perhaps the best workout setup among Major League Baseball players at his home in Mississippi. He'll tell us about that and more. Doug Wechter of Fox Sports Sun will stop on by. He's been helping a lot of parents and kids with how to practice during the pandemic. We'll learn more about Reading with the Rays with Cindy Helton, the executive director of the Suncoast Credit Union Foundation. And Rays minor leaguer Connor Hollis will tell us how he's built a home gym and is working on his Masters all while staying in baseball shape. We start, though, with Hunter Renfro. He's in his first year with the Rays after, of course, being traded from the Padres and the Tommy Pham deal. And while there's a lot of uncertainty, he told me things are going fairly well, all things considered. Yeah, I'm good. Me and my family are good. We are actually at our home in Mississippi. And uh, we've been here since we left spring training and uh, really hadn't done much. You know, we just kind of stayed at home. We've been uh, doing a little fish and doing a little hunting and, and just kind of relaxed with the family. Was that a, a difficult choice at all for you as to where to go? Because I, I would guess as a new player for the Rays, you probably – did you have a place already in St. Petersburg if you wanted to stay there? Or what was kind of your thought? Well, we uh, – you know, we, we were – obviously we were – we kind of lucked out. We were two days away, literally, from signing our lease to go to uh, St. Pete. So we kind of lucked out, and uh, we did not sign that. So we were not stuck on the hook with that amount of money. So uh, that that was a good part. And so that kind of made it easier for us that we, we we didn't have a lease, so we could just come home and not worry about the uh, going over there and leasing the house or staying there because we we already rented it, so we might as well stay. So uh, you know that made it pretty easy. Um, but other than that, you know, I did we, – we stayed at spring training for a few days after kind of everything was shut down just to kind of figure out what was going on and and because nobody really uh, knew what was going on. You know, everybody kind of knew that it may be a two-week process, it may be a week process, it may be three-month process. We don't – we didn't know. So, you know, we stuck around spring training for a little while to figure out what was going on. And, and eventually they were like, you know, go somewhere that – you know, you feel safest, you know, basically, and they're kind of nudging, like, go on and leave, you know, go home. So, uh, you know, we, we, we packed up and uh, we, we headed out. We came back home in Mississippi, and at the time, Mississippi uh, did not have very many uh, cases at all. So we felt, you know, pretty safe here. And, and uh, obviously, you know, how, how the virus is spreading throughout their country. I know we obviously have, you know, a decent amount now, but, you know, it's definitely not in New York or, or Florida. So, and, and beyond that, uh, where you are in Mississippi, I mean, you can give us an idea. Are things pretty spread out, though, where you live, where you're not, you know, homes aren't clustered, you've got plenty of space to, to move around, you know, enjoy time in the backyard if you need to? No, oh, yeah, my closest neighbor is like two miles away, so <laughs> I'm, I have no issues of being away from people. So, uh, you know, that's, that's a big thing. It's like, you know, we come out here, we, once we, we come home, you know, from being stuck in big cities all year, from baseball, 
you know, when we decided to kind of renovate this house and, and, and plant our grounds here, uh, I wanted to be kind of away from people and, and get my mind back right and, and uh, not be able to uh, hear traffic or anything like that. So we, when we moved back out here, you know, it, it's just kind of tranquil and, and peaceful. So give us an idea what your routine is like, because it's kind of weird. You didn't know how long you'd be at this and you're trying to figure out, okay, I, you guys still got to stay in shape because at some point we are hopefully going to have a season. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that, my daily schedule is usually I wake up pretty early um, on light season, but you know, we I wake up pretty early. Uh, I usually wake up, go, you know, work out, hit, throw first thing in the morning. Then after that, you know, this, this is kind of a farm. So, you know, I have, we have chickens, we have uh, a lake and stuff like that. So we, you know, we, we mess around with the chickens and our garden and stuff like that. And um, so you know, it's just an everyday thing of, you know, finding something to do. You know, it's, it's not like a idea where in baseball season you wake up, you have a certain, you know, schedule of where everything's going to happen and you eat breakfast, you go to the field, you work out you hit and then BP and then game and every day, you know? So, uh, it's, it's today here and it's like, you don't know what to do because it's, it's just new to us. You know, a lot of us, a lot of us hasn't, haven't been home in the summer in 10 plus years. So, um, this is new to us and obviously finding things to do is always a chore, but, uh, you know, baseball activities always come first and we come you know, do that first thing in the morning. Usually we wake up and, and I get going and, and do whatever else you got to do that day. How many hours of work do you do in terms of baseball work? And I've heard that you have a pretty good compound in terms of, you know, since you've got land, you've got, do you have a batting cage? Do you have, what do you have out there? Yeah, so we have uh, a batting cage. I have a little facility where I work out, and and I actually going to I was going to plan on I plan on upgrading this year uh, to just a little bit bigger facility uh, after the season. But we're, we may have to put that off a little bit. But uh, we have a, a big like kind of like a I don't know it's like a barn, but it's like a one of those metal buildings basically, and it's a about a thirty by fifty bit building with a hitting facility on the outside of it with a cage overhang and, and then have a workout facility inside of it. So, um, you know, I plan, like I said, I plan on upgrading a little bit this off season, but it's, it's everything you need. And you know, obviously you have a cage, a machine, have pitch machines, pitch screens, workout bench, you know, Peloton, everything. So you, I mean, you might be as well equipped as any player out there. Uh, I hope so. That's what I hope to be. How how much time then do you think, let's say, and I'm sure you've been seeing the reports that, you know, they're hoping to start sometime in, in July. If that's the case, how much time would you need to be ready in your mind? Uh, I mean, I, I would love to have full spring training. You know, that's, that's a big thing for us. You know, as far as the hitters wise, you know, we can be ready pretty quickly. Uh, you know, we, we can suck for a week in, in the, in the in real season and not worry about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, you know, as a pitcher, as far as a pitching standpoint, like uh, the pitchers need time. You know, they need time to get their arms back ready, get their arms uh, back in shape. Because the last thing we need is, you know, a, a Tyler Glass now, Blake Snell, Charlie Morton blowing their elbow out. You know, that's, that's the last thing we need. So, um, you know, the big name guys like, you know, the Scherzers, the DeGroms, you know, they need to kind of step up, I think, and, and make sure that, you know, we get that time for them. You know, I'm not sure, you know, the way they think about it or they're thinking about that's just my, myself, my way I think about it. I think they need time to make sure their arms is where they need to be because at the end of all this, it's, you know, the pitchers, they're, they're, it's our career, you know, that we're, we're 
doing this on. So, uh, and, and like I say, an elbow injury could end somebody's career. So, uh, you know, you never want to see anybody get hurt. Uh, even if it's a opposing player, uh, you never want to see a fellow baseball player get hurt. Do you personally, I mean, obviously you, you know, with an outfielder, it's a little different, but do you play catch daily or, and, and who do you play catch with since you don't have a neighbor within two miles of your, your wife, uh, uh, Courtney play catch or. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I usually have play catch with either my wife or, or my dad or something like that that comes over. Um, so we, we just kind of play catch, you know, it's nothing, you know, big where you're long tossing a mile. Cause like I said, you, you don't know when it's going to start or if, if it does start. So it's no reason to really be amping up things until we get a defined date. But, you know, we, we are keeping my arm, you know, loose and, and throwing, making sure that, when it does get ready to amp up that it won't take, you know, two months to get ready. It's going to be maybe a few weeks and we'll be ready to rock. So, uh, you know, we, we hit daily, we throw daily and, and uh, make sure we get their ample amount of, you know, act, physical activity in. So now that we've gotten through the, the workout, the, the day-to-day process, what's the rest of it like? The, how good is the hunting and fishing in April and May? Because this is something you haven't experienced either. Yeah. So that's the thing I would, Back in uh, when I was in high school and college, you know, my favorite thing to do was the turkey hunt. Uh, and that was one of the big deals in the spring in Mississippi is the turkey hunt. And uh, so this is the first time I've got the turkey hunt in seven years. So uh, it was pretty special. Obviously, it's not great that with the situation we're in, but it was pretty special to be able to turkey hunt and uh, do a little fish in the spring and, and uh, kind of knock out the monot- monotonous of everyday work. What, what kind of fish do you find in uh... – in that part of Mississippi and how, where is it closest to? Uh, so we're, we're closer to Jackson. We're probably 20 minutes from Jackson, Mississippi, more towards Vicksburg. So we're kind of South, South, uh, West of Jackson. And, uh, but you know, we do bass, brown, crappie, uh, and which is white perch or black perch and, um, catfish. So you can find, you can live off the land. I mean, with your farm and everything else, there's not much you need. Oh, yeah. to <laughs> Yeah, we got two lakes. We have you know a garden. We got pretty much everything you need to kind of just live at home. You know, you had mentioned Mississippi. There were a few cases when you came. Has everyone in your family and your friends have they all been healthy? Fortunately, through this, and has it been worrisome at all? Yeah, it's been. Everybody's been pretty healthy. You know, friends, family. Uh, you know, I think kind of the small town where, where I grew up, where my mom and dad still live, and there, there's a few people that. You know, you hear the cases are, are, are kind of climbing, but it's, you know, two or three or four cases that, that are I know of right now that are in, in there. But, you know, our mayor is doing a pretty good job of, of, you know, when those people get it, you know, you're you're basically quarantined to your house. They tape it off, you know, take the block off. Everybody knows who has it and, and uh, make sure you stay away from the person. So, um, you know, this is a very small town where we live in. So everybody knows pretty much everybody. And, and if you have it, you get blackballed. So, uh it's, it's not a big, it's not, like I said, it's a big deal as um, in this area as it would be in other bigger areas, obviously, but um, obviously it is a big deal. So, you know, everybody takes it serious around here and, and uh, I think we're doing a good job of kind of mitigating the process. Have you been able to at least enjoy some of the extra time with your wife here and, and what are you guys binging or uh, what shows have you watched? What types of things have you done to wind down at the end of the day? Yeah, like I said, it's 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 been great as far as like being with my wife, being my family. Uh, you know, my family doesn't have a great time. Like they don't necessarily come out and get to watch that much baseball just because of work and stuff like that. So it's great to be able to spend time with them, uh, especially in the spring and, and being at home and 
And, uh, but you know, for them, him and wife, we just, we don't really watch a whole lot of TV shows. She doesn't watch a whole lot of TV shows. I'll say that. Uh, you know, I watch when uh, she's more of just kind of talk on the phone, listening to music, kind of lay out by the pool type. So, uh, you know, we don't watch any much together, I guess. No, uh, have you, have you binged either Tiger King or Ozark or any of those shows while all this is going on or is there anything you, you catch? Yeah, I definitely started Ozark. I hadn't watched it in the, probably two weeks, but uh, I definitely was on it for a little while and it kind of got off, but I'm not on Tiger King too much. And have you um, kept in touch with a lot of your teammates through all this? And what's that been like for you? Because this is a whole new experience. You were really starting to get to know them. It looked like you felt you were feeling real comfortable with the group. Oh, yeah. No, we, we were very, very comfortable. I think uh, – you know, we, we try to keep in touch pretty quick and uh, pretty often. I think we have, a, we have a huge group message going on with the whole team as far as out just, like, talking about the situation and what's going on. Uh, Glass now keeps us updated with, you know, the daily briefings of the MLBBA and stuff like that. So uh, that's awesome. But, you know, just as far as, like, just talking to each other, you know, we, we try to keep up uh, as, as much as possible. We have a, you know, a group Bible study uh, <clears throat> every week, and we talk, and we just kind of, hang out that way and on zoom and uh so we get to talk to each other that too well hopefully it's not long before you're getting back together with your team too because i i got to feel that this group also already was establishing some really good chemistry and as you know obviously for they sure. were very successful last year for sure you know i think that's the biggest thing is like you now i walked in the clubhouse uh feeling like i've been there for two years and that's that's pretty cool to, to say that as a newcomer and, and a guy that has never been uh part of the team but uh, they welcomed me with open arms, and I really appreciated that. And and obviously, uh, made really good friends for the amount of time we spent in spring training. And and uh, we're really starting to gel, and and really starting to you know start really <clears throat> doing well in the baseball field as well. So, you know, I look forward to I uh, really look forward to you know starting the season and seeing what kind of uh, success we're going to have. But uh, obviously, this cut it short. But you know, I hope to get out there real soon and and get the banging. Has this made you appreciate the game that much more than? At any other point in your life? Uh, no, no doubt. You know, I feel like, you know, everybody in the spring and stuff, you know, they miss their family after they get done with spring training. Everybody kind of looks forward to the season. And I guess it gets to about this point in the season. Everybody kind of gets a little tired. Everybody gets a little bit mentally drained. And, and uh, they kind of miss being home and stuff like that. So I think uh, this is probably actually really, really good for the baseball players being like being away from baseball for a little while and be able to be with their family in the spring and be able to be at home and, and, uh, and kind of appreciate being away from home and being, being baseball, you know, not necessarily being away from your family, but just being away from home and being and actually getting ready to play baseball. And how different would it be to prepare for like an 80 something game season versus 162? Do you, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, we always call the season a marathon, not a sprint, but if it's 80 some games. It'd, kind of be more like a sprint than than ever before yeah i, I kind of look to it as uh kind of like the second half you know just a second half push almost you know you really got to bear down every game matters um as far as like 162 you can lose a game or here or there and it not really matter too much but you know 82 game season i kind of look forward as like the second half you got to really buckle down you got to push hard and every game literally matters and i think that that's going to how it has going to be is I think people, you're going to see if we start. I think it's going you're going to see a lot of uh, bullpen arms used early. Uh, I think it's going to be more of almost like a playoff push type of scenario. Every single person has a chance to make the playoffs, so they're going to really push hard and 
And I think it's going to be some really good baseball, to be honest with you. Well, we look forward to that day um, when baseball does come back. Hunter, we certainly appreciate some time in your podcast. Continue to enjoy your time with your family in Mississippi. I appreciate it. Thank you. That is Hunter Renfro, turkey hunting, a full gym with a cage. Not a bad setup compared to many other players throughout Major League Baseball. Doug Wechter of Fox Sports Sun doesn't have quite the same setup, but he is helping youngsters while working with his own. Doug, thanks for hanging out with us, and how's it going? Oh, I'm doing good, Neil. I appreciate you asking. Uh, things have been going well. You know, it's nice to see that things are starting to creep back into normalcy. Um, you know, we see the beaches open up. We see parks starting to open up. So uh, as long as people are doing it at a safe distance and everybody's uh, doing it the correct way, it's nice to see how things are moving in the right direction. Um, you know, with me and my family, it's been a lot of fun getting to know them a lot more than I usually would right now at this point in time, uh, you know, helping the kids through school. Although I will say Kristen does the majority of that. So I got to give her credit for that. Uh, but we are getting a lot more family time, a little bit more time to fish that we haven't done in a long time. So that part has been great. You like I have too. Um, what's been the biggest challenge, uh, with your kids during this stretch and what's been the biggest positive? Uh, well, I think the biggest positive is also part of the biggest challenge. Uh, having that much time with the kids, a 12 and a 10 year old, uh, you look back and I think it's amazing, but I will tell you during the day when their schoolwork's done and they're sitting right next to you, you're trying to get some work done and they got a million questions for you and, uh, things that they probably already know, but they just want to talk to you and you got some other things you got to take care of. It's just a situation where, um, you, you know, you want to find a polite way to find a little room to yourself for at least an hour and get away from it all and then uh, head back out and spend the rest of the day with the family. Looks like right now you've got your own uh, Wechter room, so to speak, that you can at least avoid. The yeah, well, you need to- I'll, tell you, uh, I'll tell you, the reason I'm doing it, filming it right in here, because I don't want you to see the rest of my house because it's a train wreck right now. Uh, you know, we, we started to get in the middle of a remodel. We started to do all kinds of things and we're about halfway through everything. And so outside this door is a mess. You want to stay right inside this room because it's the only room where you can see the floors. Is it DIY or, or how much of this are you doing? Yeah. Everything starts as DIY or IY. And then, uh, we always bring in the experts when we realize that we have no clue what we're doing. That's okay. typically how a project goes in our household. So what's the biggest project you've done in that house? Uh, well, I mean, we're right in the middle of painting right now. So uh, thankfully, I'm smart enough to know that I'm not one of those guys who can knock down walls and fix electrical. I leave that all to the professionals. I mean, the most I'm going to do is try to work on a little bit of plumbing, which I am proud to say there was a leak under the sink. I fixed it, and it went at least two more days without leaking again. So, Neil, that's, that's a win for me. For me, that would be a win also if I were able to do that. So I'll, I'll give you a big thumbs up there. Uh, it, <laughs> you've also put your kids to work, though, too, in a way. Yeah. Um, sure. You've been creating some really cool videos for Fox Sports Sun. What was the idea behind it, and how much fun has it been for all, all everyone involved? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, honestly. Um, you know, the idea behind it was right when this came out, uh, shoot, I guess it would be, what, almost six, seven weeks ago when everybody was getting pretty serious about quarantine. Uh, you're starting to tell parents that, hey, you got to stay home from work. And, you know, when we spread this news to our kids, I saw in their faces that they didn't realize the magnitude of it until we told them, hey, look, you know, 
you're not going to be able to go play baseball, softball with your team. No more practices right now. We got to stay in the home. And when you tell them that, it's like their whole world is being taken from. Obviously, they can't go to school. Now they can't go hang out with their friends. And so, you know, in my mind, I wanted to try to help out the kids who are at home missing all those times with their, with their teammates, but also help out the parents who have never had either the confidence to go out and coach their kids or they never had the time to do it. And so I wanted to put together some videos with my kids and my wife is going to be filming them. Um, and so she does a great job. But um, so we wanted to put some videos together that would give the parents a little bit of uh, teaching techniques on what to look for with the kids and then also give the kids uh, a tangible goal during the drill that could help them get better. And I was trying to do it to where all these drills you can basically do either in your front yard, uh, in your garage, in your backyard, somewhere around the house because we knew parks mm -hmm. and recreational centers weren't open. So teamed up with Fox uh, Sun Sports, and they've allowed us, they've helped us with the editing and things like that. And, uh, yeah, we've been doing it for, gosh, it's been four or five weeks now, and it's been a lot of fun. What have you enjoyed the most? And is there anyone in particular that you did that you're especially proud of? And how much of your kids enjoyed it? The kids actually love it. The kids, at first, you know, they were kind of going through the motions, didn't really realize what we were doing, and then they started seeing themselves on social media. And then they become producers in themselves, <laughs> telling me that they want to do it this way, and then we want to do this drill, and we want, and, you know, <laughs> I love the ideas of it, but not all of them are practical. So um, I love their feedback. And then Kristen behind the camera also does a great job with directing. Uh, she's getting to be pretty knowledgeable on what she's looking for. And, you know, at the very beginning, I would ask her to kind of film this and keep the camera here. And I'd be talking in the middle of the demo, and all of a sudden I'd see the camera start shifting out toward the center field and other areas. So uh, she's gotten pretty locked in on that. So uh, doing that with the family, it's been a lot of fun. I would say the favorite demo I had, uh, I really liked. There was one I did with the cut fastball. And I showed basically how to throw the cutter and demonstrated how I used to throw it. And the reason I like that one the most is probably because it uh, was so important to my career. After I was injured, uh, after my second surgery, uh, I, I went back. I was rehabbing in Florida State League, and I was getting hit all over the park. I mean, these kids were squaring me up. And so I had to pick out another pitch. And the cut fastball was the one I came up with. I started throwing that as much as possible. And I felt like I really locked it in to where I could throw it at any point in time. Well, you fast forward to the next year, and that's the reason I made it to the big leagues, because of that, because of that cutter. So looking back on that, it was fun to teach other people how to throw it, and hopefully uh, some kids picked it up. What's the feedback been like for parents? Parents love it. Yeah, the parents are, uh, I'm getting people, whether it's through social media or just uh, directly messaging me, uh, telling me how much they enjoy it, how much it's helping their kids, their kids are loving it, and how the parents are actually enjoying going out there. People send me videos of how they're doing the drill with their kid, asking me if it's the correct way to do it, or just telling me, hey, you know, we just wanted to share this with you, how much we're having fun and how much we're looking forward to the next video. And uh, we can't wait till, uh, till you come out with another one. You know, honestly, some of them are even asking me certain drills, uh, what to do. And it'll direct me into what I want to demo next. That's awesome. And at the same time, you're still selling real estate through all this? Yeah. What are you looking to buy or sell? The <laughs> As you can imagine, uh, it has slowed down tremendously, especially this month. 
But, um, you know, there are some things that are still helping the market, the real estate market with interest rates and, and uh, a lot of technical stuff. But overall, yes, I am still selling real estate. And, you know, that's a job that I can do, honestly, from home outside of personal showings. Uh, just like everything in the world, you know, that's changed too. That market's totally changed. Now I see myself doing a lot more virtual tours. Uh, we don't really walk through homes as much as we used to. And, you know, just like I'm talking to you, uh, this is how I talk to a lot of buyers and sellers. And, you know, it, it's pretty much the new norm of society right now. And people are adapting pretty well. Do you wear the baseball cap for, uh, for the virtual tours or no? Depends who the clients are. Some of them are more casual than others. <laughs> no, this is my quarantine hair is underneath this, man. So I had to put a cap on. I mean, if I took this thing off, it's, it's a disaster. You've, you've got the poof going? I, I, I do. I do. And uh, it's not as thick as it used to be either. And so uh, I'm looking forward to cleaning it up as soon as my uh, haircut place opens up. And Kristen is not allowed to cut your hair? Because I know some no, have tried to get home but I don't think she wants. I don't think she wants any part of that, honestly. But I will tell you that we're gonna we're gonna attempt to cut my daughter's hair here either tonight or tomorrow, and uh, I, I'm gonna stay far away from that. I'm gonna let Kristen do that part of it, and you know, let her <laughs> let her go ahead and be the uh, stylist. Good call on that. Uh, hey, you and I actually believe it or not, called what was, and we hope it's not the last game. But the last game before the pandemic began, we called the last out before baseball broke for this extended period. Um, what were you most looking forward to and what are you hopefully looking forward to when, you know, cross our fingers, baseball resumes? Yeah, um, you know, honestly, I'm looking forward to the outlet that baseball brings. Uh, I think when things are taken away from you that I wouldn't necessarily say that we took it for granted. I would just say you're almost expecting the seasons to just roll around. You have an expectation of what to look for. And then when you don't get that season, as in baseball, you realize how much you miss every single night getting to watch three plus hours of an escape for you. And, you know, you have a day where you go through work, whether you go, uh, you have things with the family, whether you have practices, whatever it is you always have that anchor at night to know that you can go home and whether you get there a little late, um, you can always tune into the game and see how the Rays are doing, or you get to go to the stadium, you know, whether it's weeknights or weekends, uh, you know, for, so for a family and a friend, I'm sorry, a family and a fan standpoint, me and my family missed the, I guess the every night of that escape. We missed that part of it the most. Now as a broadcaster and as somebody who's a part of the broadcast team, uh, I miss, honestly, it sounds funny. I miss preparing and maybe you will, uh, totally understand this. Mm -hmm. I miss preparing for the games because, you know, when you get to the stadium early and teams on the field, they're hitting batting practice, but you, you're there by yourself and you get to prepare all your notes and, and look through the game and look through the matchups and you start realizing and digging in deeper of, you know, what to look for in a certain game coming up, who you think is going to have a good game. And, and then anticipate that, go into the show, have fun with the show, and then watch for that during the game and see if it comes true. Just the, the overall broadcast, I really miss that a lot. Uh, you know, building up to the broadcast, and I do miss the broadcast team. So uh, everybody involved. It's, it's a lot, and I can't wait for it, hopefully, to start back up soon. Same here. And for this team, I'm sure there has to still be a lot of excitement. 
I'll tell you what, I don't know if I was more excited about a race season before going into this year. Uh, I, you know, I remember talking to a, uh, an AL East executive and he was telling me, this is before the season started, that he felt like the Rays were in a position to win more now than they have ever been in. And this is going back to when, you know, their World Series year. And so you look at the talent that they have on paper and you look at the options that they have. And I think because of the options that um, they have, that's really what's going to set them apart from anything else. I mean, this team is built on having uh, a roster that you can come at, at either a right-hander, a left-hander, uh, any kind of bullpen arm. And Kevin Cash has that at his disposal this year with the talent. And you look at the pitching, the pitching is deeper than it's ever been. You hope that everybody comes back and is healthy when the season hopefully does start. Uh, the potential is off the charts. And I think this year, out of all the years that I've seen the Rays, uh, if you were to say to somebody that you see them making it to the World Series, you wouldn't get a lot of people balking at that idea. And I think it's uh, known around baseball that this team is a powerhouse and they are built to win and built to win right now. Certainly health means a lot. If you were a pitcher, how would you have stayed sharp during this period? Man, that's a great question. Um, you know, I've thought about this a good amount, and it's really hard because you don't want to build yourself up to where you're ready day one of spring training because you know they're going to have to have two to three weeks to get you ready. That said, you don't also want to just sit back and do nothing. You have to find a happy medium. So I think what I would have done is long toss a couple times a week, tried to get a bullpen in at least once a week. And depending if you're a starter and you're a reliever, that's two different things. But if I was a starter, you need to be ready to end spring training. So you almost work backwards, right? So I'm sure Kyle Snyder and all these guys who uh, they do this for a living, they, they get these guys ready for a living. They always look at the day that the season will start and then work backwards off of that. And so by doing that, you want to be able to be built up to at least three, maybe four innings by the time spring training ends, right? You're not going to be built up to six or seven innings like a, a month and a half would give you in a normal spring training. That's just not reality. But um, you can legitimately be healthy and work yourself up to three or four innings, and that's very serviceable. You could start the season right there, and who knows? Maybe they got, they got enough arms to piggyback going into the season to start. So – um, going back to your question, how would I have got myself ready for this? I think, uh, you know, if I was going to plan it out on paper, I would long toss. I would play catch three or four times a week, long toss twice a week, and at least one bullpen a week. And that should keep you sharp enough to where you could start spring training and not injure yourself. But you're also not getting to the point where you're wearing yourself out. Good stuff, Doug. Uh, and we hope all that comes to fruition sooner than later, for sure. In the meantime, we look forward to your next video, and we certainly appreciate some time on our latest podcast. Great. Thanks, Neil. Good seeing you, buddy. That is Doug Wechter of Fox Sports Sun, and since he's helping kids, let's stay on the same path, reading with the raises going on, as we've mentioned. And I asked Cindy Helton, Executive Director of the Suncoast Credit Union Foundation, how important the program is, especially in light of the pandemic. Well, this is our seventh year, and, you know, reading is so important in the summer, and especially now with the young people needing um, extra help being out of school since, what, March, um, and needing to really keep their reading skills up, not only during the school years, but definitely during the summer. And I would guess it's especially important this summer because of social distancing, not only because of school, but kids are looking for things to do to occupy their time once school is out, right? 
Absolutely. And moms and dads are looking for things to occupy their time. We love the idea of being able to download the card now online from the Reading with Race website. Um, the libraries have jumped on board with social distancing as well. Um, and this is just a great way to keep them occupied during the summer. How uh, much did it mean that the Rays have kind of adapted the program to kind of fit and allow, and, and allow Suncoast to continue with such a valuable program? Yeah, hugely important. I mean, you know, being able to still take the program to the next step virtually, uh, social distancing, but also encouraging the young people through the summer to continue reading. And, and of course, great part is they continue reading and they're going to get some prizes and hopefully get two tickets to a game. And have the chance to do that once again. Fans are allowed to go back into Tropicana Field. From your standpoint, how does this fit with what Suncoast Credit Union's foundation is doing? How does the education part of this fit with your mission? Absolutely huge part of our mission. Um, our whole mission is to improve the lives of children. If that's through education or health or emotional well-being, um, Education, reading initiatives are huge for everybody. We all know that by third grade, they need to be on reading level um, to continue with their education and being on level each year. This will be amazing to help them continue to strive for their reading excellence. And for Suncoast as a whole, you guys are very, very involved right now with the community at a time where they're, I would say, Tampa Bay needs that, that assistance the most. Absolutely. Our, um, our, um, Administration, we have donated a million dollars and across our footprint um, with the importance being on health and education and hunger. So that million dollars was spread out to a lot of different people in the community that are doing wonderful things right now. Cindy, we certainly appreciate the partnership. We hope that plenty of children throughout Tampa Bay are going to take part in Reading with the Rays and they can learn more at Reading or at raisebaseball.com slash reading. Cindy, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. That is Cindy Helton, Executive Director of the Suncoast Credit Union Foundation. And if you have a child that wants to take part in reading with a raise, go to raisebaseball.com slash reading. Next up, we turn to the minor league side and someone who is reading, that being Connor Hollis, a raised minor leaguer, is working on his master's during the pandemic and told me what he has remaining to finish up. Uh, so I have 10 and a half hours left. Um, so that's just over one semester. Um, and they don't offer any online classes until this coronavirus started. And so um, I'm currently taking a summer class. Um, it's, you know, the future of electricity or electric power markets. Um, so that's pretty interesting. And then um, in the fall, if the season doesn't go um, further into the fall than it normally does, uh, I should be able to finish up my master's um, and graduate in December. I've been working on it. The whole reason why I started my master's was because I got hurt in college my sophomore year. Um, so I actually had an, another year of eligibility. I graduated in four years. And so my um, red shirt senior year, in order to keep playing baseball, um, I signed up to start uh, my master's of, of finance program. Uh, and so I just Kept on staying with it, you know, taking a couple of classes here and there in the fall. Um, but this is actually a very good opportunity for me um, to set myself up for life after baseball. And you were and you one, of one of those rare, rare fifth-year senior, senior guys, guys then in terms of uh, playing baseball after the fact, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's I was in college for five years. Um, 
not because I didn't graduate in four, but uh, because, you know, I just wanted to keep playing baseball. And that was my only opportunity. I uh, didn't get drafted, you know, after that fourth year. And so I had that extra year and thank goodness for that. Um, and then the Rays finally picked me up. So how much, before we get into that part of your story, how much time are you spending on the class that you're now taking versus training during the course of the day? How do you divide your time and time manage? Uh, so the class counts as three credit hours. Um, usually the way that uh, master's classes work are their, uh, their night classes. They're usually once or twice a week for three hours. Um, and, you know, you have a lecture and then you usually have a case study uh, or a group project and then one or two tests. There's no homework. It's literally just all studying, a case study, and maybe one or two tests. And that's it. So basically it's however much studying you need to do in order to do well in the class or to uh, interact with your group members, that's the time that you need to allot in order to make a good grade in the class. Um, so my routine right now is wake up, you know, eat breakfast, you know, drink a cup of coffee, check the news, uh, and then work out for a little bit, hour, hour or two, um, hit some wiffle balls in the backyard uh, with my roommates and then I usually uh, watch the recorded lectures uh, around, you know, four or five o'clock. You know, that goes for about an hour or two because um, it, it's condensed a little bit in the summer. Um, and then uh, I, I eat dinner and, you know, I have a, an hour or two at night, you know, for a social hour, you know, call my parents, hang out with my roommates, play puzzle or play board games, do puzzles, whatever it may be. So. I mean, it takes probably an hour or two every day uh, just to study, go over the notes. Um, but if I have a case study coming up, then that really, it's like studying for a test, basically. You know, I have a 10-page paper due. Um, you don't really go in class to present it anymore, but um, you basically just submit it online, and we may even have to record it. Um, it's just very, very interesting to, to do that online, and that's why it's actually pretty difficult. And how much training are you doing a day physically to get ready for baseball? Because you're trying to stay in that condition. Right. Um, probably a couple hours a day, two or three hours a day. Um, I run three times a week, uh, just up and down the, the road, uh, whether it be sprints. And then one of those days uh, I run to a park and, you know, do a long distance run, a mile or two. I go up. Uh, we have a cage that we have access to. Uh, we go there, you know, nine or ten o'clock at night, you know, whenever we're like, hey, you know, we're just sitting around, let's go hit. During the day, I hit wiffle balls, like I said, with my roommates, with you know, the little ones, and, and hit them with a broomstick. Uh, that, you know, it's just, it's, it's really cool that you're basically going back to your roots. Your life is slowing down, or at least it seems like it is, uh, and you're able to do uh, some different things that you used to do, but you didn't do anymore. Um, so a couple hours a day, I, I uh, allot to my baseball training. And is this with former teammates at the University of Houston that you're rooming with? Who's it with? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my last year at U of H, I lived in this house that I'm in right now uh, with two roommates, Jared Chirillo and Ian McMillan. Uh, Jared Chirillo was uh, drafted by the Pirates uh, last year, I believe. And then Ian McMillan is uh, a junior now at U of H. Um, so they're a little bit younger than I am, uh, but – we have a great friendship and it's really, they have a great work ethic as well. That's mainly the reason why I room with them because, Hey, they get me out of bed. They get me going. It's really good to surround yourself with people that want to be just as good as you are, want to be better than you. And that's what actually develops a better relationship as well. 
Did I hear right that you built a gym with them basically in your garage? And what does it include? Yes. So we actually, uh, we started out on Facebook marketplace and we bought, you know, this squat rack for about a hundred dollars. Um, and it came with a couple of weights, uh, and we were able to, uh, borrow some weights as well from our weight room at, uh, university of Houston. And then we actually built a deadlifting platform. Hmm. Uh, we went to a tractor supply company. We got, um, we got these rubber mats, like heavy duty rubber mats. Uh, we got wood from Home Depot. We cut it. Um, we used the primer paint. We sealed it. We uh, screwed it all together. So, I mean, this thing's probably at least, you know, six by eight, you know, six feet wide, probably eight feet long. Um, and it's, I mean, you can drop 300 pounds on it and it, it'll take it. You I mean, it's, it's pretty heavy duty, um, you know, because you can't just be dropping weight in your garage with no, with no padding basically. So we're actually able to do probably 90, 95% of everything that we that we need to do in our garage. We have agility ladders, we have bands, we wrap the band around a tree, you know, to do all kinds of calisthenics or whatever. Um, we have medicine balls, we have pull up bar, we have everything that we need in order to get a quality workout in. Bob Vila would be pretty proud of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. But we even uh, painted, you know, just to make it a little bit unique, we painted the state of Texas with like a really cool logo with uh, a barbell on it with weights on the side um, with the Texas flag in the middle of the shape of Texas. So it's actually, it's actually pretty nice. And when this is all over, we might sell it because we got nowhere to put it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in terms of, you know, the how did you end up there versus, like, so you mentioned you're, you're at your family's house. Obviously, they're good friends. Was this kind of the best situation for you based on the circumstances? Right. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a multitude of things. So I was driving back from Florida. Uh, my parents are pretty old. I'm, I'm the, uh, the youngest child. Uh, both my older siblings are in their 30s. So I didn't necessarily want to um, get them sick, even though that I wasn't feeling any symptoms. I know there, there are asymptomatic cases, and I'd come in contact with you know, hundreds of people, you know, in the last week or two when I was driving back, you know, so I, I went to Houston just to, you know, quarantine for a little bit just to be safe before I went home. Uh, but also down in Houston, I have access to, you know, a private cage. Um, I have, you know, these roommates down here that, you know, we, we have a garage gym. Like I, I don't have a gym at home. You know, all the gyms at home aren't open. You know, none of the gyms down here are open either, right? But these guys really do, like, they're, they're working towards the same goal. Like, I feel like if I was at home, like, I know I like to think as myself as disciplined and hardworking, you know, but if I'm at home, if I'm not doing everything that I should be, my parents are going to hold me accountable, right? But if I'm rooming with guys that are working towards the same goal, you know, and they're hardworking, we're going to be pushing ourselves to, to be more hardworking than we think we should, Right you know, you get more out of it when you're working with someone else rather than if you're working by yourself. So that's one of the main reasons why I came down to Houston. Uh, I've been home once or twice to see my, my family, um, but I feel like this is the best opportunity for me to stay in shape, work on my craft, and everything like that going forward. You're obviously a pretty driven individual, and your story is a unique one. You were a walk-on at the University of Houston. You then were a non-drafted Frasian by the Rays, so it's pretty clear you're driven you see the examples of guys like Mike Brasso and Tyler Zombro as the 
was the reliever of the year and is likely to start the year at the AAA level is, is kind of examples. What drives you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those guys, they're not in it for themselves. Like, they're there to inspire people like me or people out there that may be undersized or may not throw 100 miles an hour or hit, you know, 40 home runs a year, right? So they're there not for the money but because they love the game. They want to inspire other people like, hey, even though you might be the underdog, work hard. Like, you can do this. You can – you can get bigger, you can get stronger, you can get faster. And if you work hard enough, it is possible, right? Like something like only 1% of, of high schoolers go on to play college or 1% of college baseball players go on to play professionally. 1% of professional baseball players make it to the bigs or something like that. It's some absurd number, right? And it's even smaller for those guys that are drafted in the later rounds or even undrafted. It's almost unheard of, right? Like you can name them on one finger or one hand, you know, how many guys there are that have done that. Right. And so, but how many guys, how many young players out there that get discouraged because they strike out or they're not good enough or there's someone that's better than them, you know, that tell them that they aren't good enough. Their coach is telling them they're not good enough, whatever. I've been hurt. I've been told that my whole life. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. You're never going to go play division one baseball. You're never going to get drafted. Right. But that was all motivation. And for me, someone like Dustin Pedroia, was a very good example when I was growing up. He's undersized. He's not very big. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. Michael Young, another example. You know, I grew up a Rangers fan, right, just because I was 10 minutes away. Michael Young's not even six foot, maybe weighs 180 pounds. This guy's not very big. He's always overlooked. But, hey, he gets the job done. He's a utility player, loves the game, right? So those are the guys that I looked up to whenever I was growing up. And, hey, if there weren't guys like that, maybe I wouldn't have been as motivated, right? And so Mike Brasso doing the same thing, right? The guy came out of nowhere, and you're like, dang, this guy's pretty good, right? He's in the big leagues now, right? And so those are the stories that people like to hear because it inspires those players that may not have that motivation to start out with because they're not six foot or 200 pounds or whatever. They're not, you know, they're not passing the eye candy test. And so that's what I really like to hear. And you obviously are inspiring others too, just by telling your story. The fact that you're also preparing for life after baseball at some point is impressive too. What do you, what, what do you want to use a finance degree for? Obviously it can help you even while you're playing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would love to be, you know, the owner of the race someday or the owner of the Astros or Rangers or some, you know, major sports organization, right? Because I love, I love sports, and I feel like a finance degree would help me with that. Uh, one of my old roommates, his dad's actually the CFO for the Astros, and he talked to me a lot about baseball, the front office, you know, all the, all the accounting that goes into players and fans and who gets what and the allotment of everything. And it's not just you got nine guys on the field and 50,000 people watching them. There is so much more that goes into whatever you see on the field and everything that happens, you know, in the front office and, and things like that. And without the guys in the front office, you would never see – like it's literally – baseball game is, is a performance. It is an art. You know, that you see, you see guys lining up on the foul lines to the national anthem. you got flyovers. It's a performing art, right? And that would never happen without the front office to – coordinate everything to get the finances we need this much money for this we can do this we can do this this is our budget 
And with the Rays being a low-budget team, I mean, that the way that they're coming through without, you know, the $100 million contracts, the $200 million contracts, without the Mike Trouts of the world, you know, it's incredible to see the way that they manage their money and they're successful with it. You know, Moneyball is one of my favorite movies. I mean, that is just insane how, you know, their salary cap was like $100 million below the Yankees or something like that. And I don't know the actual number, but I mean, it is fascinating to me to see the financials that go into baseball and other major sports. Well, I'll tell you, you are a pretty fascinating individual in terms of what you've accomplished and kind of the direction that you're taking. And we wish you a lot of luck in staying healthy and safe. And then we look forward to watching your journey as you continue with the race organization uh, whenever that may be, hopefully sooner than later. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm dying to get back. That's Connor Hollis. What a terrific story. And we wish him the best of luck on the field and in the classroom. And special thanks to him, race outfielder Hunter Renfro, Fox Sports Sons Doug Wechter, and Cindy Helton, Executive Director of the Suncoast Credit Union Foundation, for being with us. If you ever have a guest you want to hear or a segment you'd like us to add on our podcast, just tweet me at Neil Solons or at Race Radio or email postgame at racebaseball.com. We will have another alumni podcast on Friday. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will chat with you soon.